What's happening, everybody? Welcome back to the Awaken Project podcast. I'm so excited that you're listening in with us. My name is Blake, and I am joined with my favorite co-host. Absolutely. Stephen Wagner, everybody. What's happening? The two yes. Awaken Project podcast hosts back at it together for episode 17. Episode 17. How about that? Some might call us the Awaken Project prodigies. The Awaken Project prodigies. Wow. Nobody's ever called us that. <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, made up right there on the spot by Mr. Blake right there. Prod- wow. Okay. Nobody, nobody cares. Come on, let's be real. That's not what we're called. Uh, anyways, we are we are super excited, and we got an awesome show in store for you. Uh, before we jump into that, though, Stephen, man, let's just give him a quick life update about what's happening. Why wasn't there an episode last week? We can even tell him that. I can tell him that. It's my fault. Uh, but yeah, let's hear from your side, man. How's Spain? What's going on? Spain is, oh man, Spain is, it's... Some days it's good. Some days it's challenging. Some days it's very challenging. Um, but at the end of the day, God is still faithful, which I was talking to uh, some friends on the phone yesterday, and I was telling them about how God keeps showing up. And I'll get into this a little bit more in this episode today, actually. But he keeps showing me why I'm supposed to be here. And I'm like, oh, come on, God. Like, can't you just let me off the hook? Like, really? <laughs> but he's he's being faithful. Yeah. And I can't, I don't blame him for it. But uh, yeah, so that's what I'm hanging my hat on right now. Nice. Yeah, man. How about you? Uh, I've been doing good, man. There's a, there's a lot happening. And uh, yeah, Emily and I are, are just living life. The weather has, gosh, knock on wood, but the, the weather has broke down here in Florida. So now the humidity is somewhat out. It was 75 degrees last Friday. Dang, you got to break out the winter coat, man. I know, I know, right? It was actually kind of chilly that night. We had a football game that we went to, and it was actually kind of chilly. Uh, but it's like finally up to that. It's been like 90s, man. It's been awful and humid, <laughs> and the air conditioner has been running hard all summer. I'm going to have to give it a nice little pat on the back uh, after the summer is over. Yeah, go take it out Go take it out for a drink or something, you know? <laughs> yeah, give it some <laughs> nice, uh, nice antifreeze. Yeah, yeah. But we... Yeah, I mean, today it's it's cloudy. If it wasn't cloudy, then it would be probably closer to 85. But since it's cloudy, it's closer to about 80. But the humidity isn't isn't too, uh, too punchy in the face, so you don't walk outside and start sweating, which is nice. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, well, we should we should share with everyone why a couple of reasons why we didn't put out an episode last <laughs> yes, week. Yes. Um, and we should we'll start we should we should start with the surprise, which we still actually haven't revealed. Yeah. That's kind of important. Let's do it. Yeah. All right, man. Let's go. So. Ladies and gentlemen, listeners of the Awaken Project podcast, the Awaken Project prodigies, as Blake Wright has been calling us for the last three <laughs> minutes, have a wonderful announcement to share with you all, and that is we will now be having our episodes produced professionally by Upfire Digital. Oh, yeah. Woo-hoo. Let's go. Yeah. Shout so, out to Upfire. Shout out to Upfire. Shout out to Eric Foster, the guy that actually yes. he, re- he reached out to us and was like, hey, I work for this company called Upfire Digital, and I want to start a Christian podcast platform. And he reached out to us, and he was like, yo, dudes, I want to put your show on this platform. And we were like, yo, that sounds great. Eric Foster and the boys. So, Eric, as you're listening to this and editing this, we appreciate you. We are grateful for you. And uh, yeah, very excited to see what this sounds like with someone that actually knows what they're doing. (laughs) <laughs> not, not that we not that we don't know what we're doing. I mean, we've been able to produce a, a good enough podcast up to this point, but we certainly yeah. aren't we aren't paid to do it. 
Come on, Steven. So. Jeez, give us a little bit more credit here. Well, fine. You, Blake, you know what you're doing. I just kind of, I wing it every time. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're, we're, we figured it out, man. We're we figured going. it out. But yeah, we're, yeah. we're excited to have um, Eric Foster and the boys joining in and partnering with us. We're super excited for, for what this is going to bring. Um, last week, we did not record a podcast because my audio interface, and for those that know about techie stuff uh you'll know what that is uh, ultimately it's what the microphone plugs into which then kind of translates stuff to go into your computer so that you can record uh my audio interface kind of pooped out on me uh so it didn't record and actually i still don't have my audio interface but i am borrowing one from a friend uh so we can record this one and not miss a full month of podcasts so Whoop whoop! So there you go. We no longer have static behind Blake's voice. Praise yes. God. Praise Whew. the Lord. Praise the Lord indeed. All right. So getting into the content that we have for today. Yes. If you are just joining us, we will outline this for you now. And if you are a continuing listener, thank you for listening to us this whole time and the people we brought on. Uh, but what we're going to be starting for the next three episodes is a series on the topic of loneliness. All right, and so today we're going to be talking about communication in loneliness yeah. and how whether the styles that we do communicate with each other or don't communicate with each other um, cause us ultimately to feel and experience loneliness. Next episode, we're going to talk about the concept of rejection and how we have been told that maybe we're not good enough, we don't fit in, and that feeling of just literally being put outside, being excluded, um, has affected us and what that means uh, in the Christian walk, in the Christian life, right? Mm -hmm. And then final episode, we will be talking about post-high school and college years life, so that 18 to 23, 24 range yeah. of life for young adults and a, a, a time that you can experience great community, but also a time where you can experience some really, really deep loneliness. And so we want to speak into that a little bit as well. Yes, sir. So that's what we have lined up on the docket for today. Well, for the next three weeks, but today specifically the communication part of it. Yeah. So Blake, let's really quickly. So we have a, a base level here to work off of. If you could define the word loneliness in layman's terms, when you think of that word, what comes to mind? Ooh, I think. So you're asking specifically for me. Yeah. So like, you're. I don't want you to go pull out a Webster dictionary. Okay. Just tell me what you think loneliness is. Man. So for me, uh, I think loneliness is being secluded and uh, feeling the feeling of no value or worth. Mm. Ooh. Which which then translates into. Uh, kind of the rejection piece. All, actually, all of it. That's that's what I would say loneliness is. Yeah, that's good. What about you? Yeah, for me, um, I think when we feel lonely, we believe that nobody else understands our piece of the human experience. Hmm. That's good. That we are truly experiencing something that nobody else has ever experienced and there's nobody that can relate to us in our current state of being. Yeah, right, right. I agree with that. Yeah. I think to get to that spot, it, it, it definitely takes it 
takes a couple different events. I don't think loneliness happens in, in one one moment, but rather it takes a couple different and uh, consecutive events to, to put someone in that spot. Mm. And so, Blake, I want to ask you, in terms of communication now, because that's what we're talking about today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you could, if you could give an example or talk about something that you see or experience or talk about in your job being a youth pastor, where you see communication causing loneliness um, often. So, what's a very usual example of you see someone, whether that's someone, an adult on your staff or a student, um, feeling like they've been excluded, they're lonely. Uh, specifically because of communication. Hmm. Yeah. I think, uh, well, Stephen, I got to say this for all the LCMS people who are like, Blake isn't a pastor. I am a student director. And, uh, oh, right. Come on. We got to get right. down to the, the terms here, Stephen. The nitty gritty yes. here. Yeah, yeah. Well, so, to me, you're a youth pastor. Okay. So. Thanks, Stephen. Thanks for... Uh, Thanks for keeping me there in your heart. But for everybody else in the LCMS, <laughs> uh, I just want to be clear. I am a uh, student director. Uh, yeah, man. So I think unspoken communication is the loudest communication to somebody who is feeling lonely. And what I mean by that is I think more times than not, students or volunteers that work with students the moments that they feel lonely are the moments where they feel like they don't fit in. And that's, that's what not fitting in is something that nobody has told. I mean, you don't tell some, I mean, I guess sometimes you could, but more times than not, you don't tell somebody they don't fit in. In my short time in ministry, I think, uh, I've, I've had a honest conversation once and I didn't even say it like that. I didn't say you don't fit in here. Uh, it was more of a, you know, hey, I think that there's other places that you'd fit in better, not saying you don't fit in here. Because it's true. I think anybody can kind of, if they need to, fit in where they are as best as they can. Anyways, I'm getting off on an off-topic tangent. The students who don't feel like they fit in are the ones who more times than not feel the most lonely and also the volunteers. And I've actually had a couple conversations with volunteers where they felt like they haven't been connecting with the other volunteers. And uh, I just, I really have to do my best to encourage them and help them to recognize, hey, you do. I just think you need to come out of your shell a little bit more. I think you need to open up a little bit more. You need to engage in conversation a little bit more. So that's kind of an encouragement piece that I give. Um, And for students, this is where it's hard because you know, you don't want to give that Sunday school answer of, well, Jesus is always with you. You're never lonely. Right. The, yeah, the, the Sunday school church camp band-aid answer. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Cause yeah. I mean, and there's truth to it, but, uh, I feel like if you leave it at that, then it's, then it's kind of dead. Um, so it can be a very lazy answer, you know? Yes. Yeah. Cause it's like, yeah. okay, so that's true. But what does that mean? I mean, what, can you take it a step right. further? Usually when that's the case, I'll, I'll ask a series of questions of, you know, have you had conversation with anybody? Have you jumped in to, you know, participate in this game or be a part of, of this group? And I get it. Kids are cliquish. So no matter what, that's always going to be the case. But what I've found in our ministry specifically is that when a leader or myself walk up with a new student, um, our students are really receptive to that student and they get to know them. They ask the good questions, so on and so forth. But uh, that still doesn't mean that they don't feel lonely or they don't feel like they fit in. So the answer that I'd give even over and above everything is, hey, you have Jesus. 
And in addition to that, like Jesus has surrounded you with people like me, like your parents, like your friends at school, whatever, to, to be a support system for you. So if you're walking through this and you're seeing that, you know, you do feel lonely, um, I don't want you to feel like you have to go through that alone. And I want you to have open communication with me and with your parents and uh, potentially with your closest friends as well, if you feel comfortable talking to them, um, because it's about getting to the bottom of that communication piece. What has been communicated to them as to why they feel lonely? And so how do you how do you get to the bottom then? How are you able to actually put words to experiences mm. and understand truly what happened versus just brushing everything over with broad strokes yeah. and you know conceptualizing everything? Gosh, that's a great question. I think it's it's different. It's case by case, but I would say by asking the question of why do you feel this way, um, that's that's hard for some students to vocalize why they feel the way that they feel. Um, I'll be real. Um, and sometimes it's not an overnight fix. It's a, it's multiple conversations, but, uh, I do, I do my best to listen and to ask the question of why do you feel this way? And, uh, for the students that I'm thinking of in particular, they usually open up pretty, pretty easily when it comes to that question, um, which brings out all of these issues and brings out the bottom of, you know, why they're feeling this way. So, but for the, I mean, not, I'm not saying that it's like that for every student. Um, but for a majority of students that I've talked to, so for the ones that don't really open up, I mean, I do ask multiple questions, but this is, uh, this is going to sound mean. I don't mean it to, this is going to sound rude, but I don't mean it to. Um, there are some students and just being honest, there are some students who kind of say those things or do those things more for attention than anything. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that is, you know, we'll have the conversation and then they'll say, you know, I'm feeling lonely. I'm feeling left out. I'm feeling like I don't fit. And I'll ask, you know, why do you feel that way? And they'll just kind of be like, well, I don't know, just cause. And so I'll be like, okay, well, um, if you could just kind of explain that a little bit more, that'd be great. Well, I mean, I, I can't really explain it and I, I get it. Sometimes it is hard, but I'll, and I don't do this to be rude or to be disrespectful or to be mean, um, but I'll, I'll usually be like, okay, well, Hey, here's the thing. I want to have a conversation about this with you. I want to get to the bottom of this with you. So when you, when you do know, and, uh, and you can tell me why you feel this way, come and grab me. Like, it doesn't matter what I'm doing. Come and grab me. I want to hear what's happening. I want to hear your heart and, uh, and let's talk, talk it through. And I've had times I'm thinking of one instance where that's kind of been the case. And, uh, dude, I was actually never grabbed again by that student. Um, they didn't, instead they were like, they were jumping in and playing games with, with other students. They were in a group, they were having fun. They were laughing, like having a great time. So I think it was more of them being shy than feeling left out or, uh, or lonely. So maybe attention isn't the right word, probably not, but I think them being shy communicated in their own mind, them being left out and not being a part of something, which is valid. It is. Yeah. Oh, totally. But that's cool. That's, that's cool that you're able to differentiate between those, those emotions. Cause there definitely is a difference I'd say. Right. Absolutely. And I think if somebody's shy, man, that's just who they are and it's a part of them. I'm shy with certain things and uh, certain things I'm not, I can see how that translates into being lonely and feeling left out. Yeah, absolutely. So I don't want to sound heartless when I yeah. say that attention piece. It's, I, it's probably the wrong word. Shy is more appropriate. 
Yeah. Well, then that's ultimately you, you can have a shorter conversation with that person to say, well, here's what you can do. Here's some people, here's some things that you can say to then break out of that shell versus someone that might actually be in a dangerous situation of being lonely. Right. Right. You know, a conversation that probably needs more time. Yeah, absolutely. So absolutely. Yeah. That's super cool, dude. So yeah, man, what, um, question I have for you. Yeah, man. Because you aren't a uh, student ministries director, LCMS. I am not. No, you are. <laughs> you are a. Uh, you're a college student right now. I'm a now. student. Yeah, man. So I'm a student. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I want to ask you that same question. I know that I was long winded. All At good. The beginning good. of the episode, I said I wasn't going to be, uh, and I probably just jabbered like I'm jabbering right now. Anyways, you're a college student. So, <laughs> how would you say that communication piece of being lonely and uh, just being communicated to that you're lonely or whatever kind of I'm, I'm botching this but you know what I'm saying I yeah I do well I'll speak specifically to my situation being a master student in a foreign country because I think those are two yeah very yeah. very key elements to describe my experience Agreed. versus just the, the the standard university student so one being a master student I think uh, more often than not that lifestyle can be a little bit more isolating just because of the nature of the program, at least the program that I'm in. Mm. Um, the work is more individual than collective, I think. Um, and also being in a foreign country, I have a language barrier to. Yeah. So Dang. that, uh, that has left me feeling very lonely <laughs> from time to time. Sure. Um, I actually, I, I want to, I want to share a story from this past weekend. Um, this is not part of my, my bless you. We'll see if the sneeze was picked up there, <laughs> but you are blessed, Blake. You are loved by Jesus. Thanks, thanks Steve. And I want you to know that through your sneeze. I turned, okay. I turned down my so, interface, but okay, thanks. Oh, awesome. <laughs> so, <laughs> okay. So this past weekend, I uh, was on a retreat with the church that I attend here in Spain. It was a jóvenes retreat, which is a basically a young adults retreat, right, for people from the age of 16 to about 24. And so it was a weekend out in a smaller town, about an hour and a half from Madrid here in the center. I was one of, let's see, three Americans out of the 80 people that Whoa. were there. Everybody else was, <laughs> was yeah, was a, was a native Spanish speaker to some extent, right? And then I think the rest mm. of us, oh, actually, no, there were four. I take that back. There were four, four Americans. Um, Everybody else had, had a pretty solid level of Spanish, right? So the, the weekend was very much a Spanish immersion experience, which in that regard was pretty cool. But over the last couple of weeks, I have been fighting through some cultural barriers of how people communicate here in Spain, their willingness to get to know you, right? And so in this country, at least, and this isn't this is not a fault to Spain. I'm not taking a jab at them. And if you are listening to this and you're Spanish and you understand English, then I'm not taking a shot at your country. I'm just saying this is what I've been told and this is also what I'm experiencing. Mm. So I'm going to then call that truth. But it takes longer to actually become good friends with somebody here to actually break the ice, to get to know someone, to get past a small talk and really get rolling in a conversation. I had been experiencing some of those 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 waves of, all right, we're going to keep moving. We're not quite there yet. We're going to keep moving, but we're not quite there yet. And starting to get frustrated. And so Friday, we got there in the morning, came, went, started to make small talk with a lot of people. And, you know, quickly everyone finds out, oh, you're American. So that means you speak English. Um, hmm. And everyone here in school has to learn English. 
and so they've got a couple words that they can use to you know try and break the ice on their end and sometimes it might be a pride thing right that oh look i can speak your language i'm going to communicate with you you know i can speak a second language in my home country and that makes sense if someone from a spanish speaking country were to come to the states and they were struggling with their English, I'd probably jump into Spanish to help them out. I get that. But at the same time, it's difficult when you're trying to speak that their native language and and there's the, the jumping back and forth. But anyway, yeah, Friday was tough. Woke up Saturday morning, was having breakfast with one of the leaders that was at their retreat. And I was talking about sibling rivalries with him. I was talking about my two brothers, Paul and Adam, and just stuff that we would do while we were growing up. And I was struggling to come up with a few words to describe the, the specific, not necessarily fights, um, but arguments that really are just kind of irrational that you can solve pretty quickly, right? I paused and I was trying to think of some words that I might know. And this guy that I was talking to, that he wasn't all that receptive in the first place of the conversation. Um, as I'm, I, I turned away, I, I broke eye contact. I'm trying to think of these words when I look back at him, he's staring at me, um, and he stared at me for about five seconds, just straight into my eyes, and it wasn't, a, I don't know, it was a very strange look, because one, it was absent, but also it communicated to me, I realize now that you are unable to communicate with me about this in this moment, and I also don't have much of a desire to help you out in bridging this gap. And that's what, that's what I felt, at least. And he maybe was just trying to move on to another conversation. I don't know, because he got up and left the table. But that, at least, those circumstances, I felt pretty triggered. I'll be honest. I'll use that word. Because I sat there at the table after he left, and I was pretty mad. I was, quite frankly, furious. And trying to make sense hmm. of, well, why was I just shut down in my attempt to communicate? And was it really because of the language that I was using, right? And so... Um, I had to process for the rest of the day of what exactly had happened and whether or not there was there were other factors that had built into why I was feeling the way that I was feeling. And ultimately, I was feeling lonely. I felt really, really lonely that just nobody wanted to communicate with me. And there's something to be said about if you go to a foreign country and you don't speak the language, but you've never studied it, like, okay, that makes sense. I can't speak this language. That's one thing. But when you're yeah. attempting to speak that language and people still aren't receptive of that, that's that's tough. And um, I was writing in my journal a couple hours later in a, in a prayer workshop, and uh, I just wrote down, Jesus, I understand now that, you know, everyone that comes into you know a foreign land is trying to figure out that second language and they're they're struggling and what that feeling can feel like and just how you know because they might not speak that language um, that doesn't invalidate them and it also doesn't invalidate the their their native tongue and so just realizing that you know just because i don't speak the language here fluently doesn't mean that i'm any less loved by jesus and that he hasn't forsaken me or you know wanted me to necessarily suffer this way but rather you know bring me through it i don't think we're ever brought to a point just to marinate somewhere and stay there but rather to be brought through something mm, right that's good but something that we brushed on a little bit earlier was that you talked about it with your students is sometimes communication is vocal it's seen it's tangible right mm -hmm. and then other times communication can be unseen unheard yeah. unfelt right intangible and that can be the rougher side of communication because there's just you don't know 
you know. Yeah, right. I was reading this book a couple couple months ago. It's called The Hole in Our Gospel. Absolutely great book. Um, talking about world poverty and the church's response to it in very, very short. Um, and the, the author, Richard Stearns, he talked about how there's a big difference between sins of commission, things that we do, things that we commit, and sins of omission, things that we just kind of glance by. You know, the people that we walk mm. past that we probably should say something or do something to, but we actually wind up doing nothing. And that's probably the church's biggest problem right now, uh, at least on that field, is, is sins of omission. And likewise, when we communicate... Just the fact that we're not saying anything or, or looks or stares or glances that can be very easily misinterpreted through cultural context. And that, that might not be a language culture, but just, a, you know, a people culture, right? Yeah. Using that word um, flexibly um, and creating that, that communication line. But it was cool then to at least see the rest of the day that um, I was able to find other conversations where, where people were more responsive with my Spanish and reminded like, I am I am conversational in this language. Like I can I can get by and people don't have to, you know, help me along. I know mm. what I'm doing to to a decent extent, right? Yeah. And how Jesus kind of put those people aligned, aligned and yeah, was able to be I, I don't want to say validated, um, but just reassured that you know, I <laughs> that wasn't my cue to jump ship and say, All right, I'm done, I'm out, see ya, I'm leaving. But rather life's tough here. That's 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 definitely a given. But I'm not. I'm not alone in this. I'm not going to be left out to dry. And God has I, what I mentioned earlier in the in the very first couple minutes of the episode that time and time again He keeps showing me I'm here with you. I'm here with you. I'm here with you. Mm-hmm. Here's people that I'm giving you. Here's places that I want you to go to. Here's things that I want you to do to help you out. That's huge. That's so huge. Yeah, man. That's gosh. That's some good stuff, dude. Yeah. And so, Blake, I want to I wanna ask you now, um, can you, in, in very simple terms here, so it can be very clearly understood, how do you think Jesus communicates to us best? Ooh. We're going haymakers here, throwing haymakers. Jeez. Let's go. Do you want my theological answer or do you want my personal answer? I want what you feel the Spirit is laying on your heart right Ooh. now. Well, they're both kind of the same. Um, so that's good. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. Man, so I think that actually, yeah, Jesus' most tangible way of one speaking to us is through God's word. I, I'm a firm believer in that. Uh, and I think that he has positioned others around us to highlight um, parts of that word. So I think that the community that I'm in and the people that I'm surrounded by this is kind of a side note, but this is why I'm selective in who I let into the inner circle of my life because I don't want to, I, I don't want somebody around me who doesn't understand my belief in, in who Jesus is and what Jesus does and so on and so forth. And so I think that end of side note, it's, it's the friends that have been built around me that Jesus has placed around me who know me best. Um, so that's people uh, one, first and foremost, my wife. Second, I would say is my family. They're part of my inner circle. They really are. And then third is, uh, you know, some close friends. So I, I first, before I even talk to them about anything within, in the context of loneliness or even anything, man, I would go, I go straight to God's word. And then from there, I kind of take what I've seen, what I've read, what I've heard and bring that to the Lord and say like, okay, 
I see what you got for me. I see what you're saying. I see what's moving. Now I just pray that you would open up, open up some conversation and some doors uh, to where this can be elaborated on. And God moves, man. I tell you, he moves. So whether that's I, you know, text out to a friend, hey, can we talk about something that I'm struggling with? Or uh, whether that's just a friend randomly reaching out to me, God's placed you on my heart and I want to chat through some things with you. Um, whatever that looks like, it's just crazy how God unifies his the people that his children, man, the people that believe, the people that call him um, Lord so and Lord and Savior. So that is my answer. Um, might be a little bit more churchy than what I wanted to say, but it's the truth. I mean, I still thought it was pretty good for, for whatever it's worth. Thanks, Stephen. What a guy. Yeah, no, that's pretty cool for sure. What about you, my dude? So... Going back to what I offered for my definition of loneliness, I mentioned how we believe that nobody else understands what exactly we are experiencing right now in our, whatever your current state is, right? And I think one about how Jesus came down and he was incarnate, right? He took on flesh and sometimes I think we forget that he truly experienced everything that we experience as humans, right? And he understands what we go through. He understands what we are going through. I think about when he is in the Garden of Gethsemane, right? And so for those that might not be familiar with this part of the gospel, this is right before Jesus is about to be portray- uh, betrayed, not portrayed, <laughs> betrayed. And Judas is about to come out and turn him over. Um, to the Romans, and then he's going to be put on trial and eventually crucified. This is the beginning of the end, right? And so he's praying in the garden, and he brings three disciples with him, um, Peter and John and, oh, I can't remember the third one. Oh, boom, me. I can't remember the names. That's okay. There's three. I know there's three of them, right? And he tells them, hey, I want you guys to stay awake, keep watch. I'm going to go pray. Okay. He goes and prays, Father, not my will, but your will. Let's make this happen. All right. And comes back, disciples are sleeping. They can't keep watch. He's like, come on, guys, get it together. Goes back, keeps praying, Father, I don't want this to happen, but I do want your will to happen. And if that means that I do have to get up on that cross and die, I'm going to make it happen. Goes back and they're still asleep and they can't keep watch. And these three disciples, like what Blake just mentioned, that was Jesus's innermost circle. He had the 12, yes, but then he also had these three, and they were it. They were the closest guys to him, right? And they couldn't even keep up with him, right? They weren't able to be there for him when it mattered most, and he was left left out to dry, literally, on a cross, and everyone left. Everyone assumed he was dead. He was just another prophet, right? But then three days later, you know, we know what happens, that he got up out of the grave yeah. and said, hey, I'm, I'm here to stay. I think about how Jesus knowing that he knows where exactly we're at. And then what I think happens too is through the Holy Spirit, he sends people that have experienced similar things to us in miraculous ways. And we're able to connect with these people that are able to relate to our experiences and are able to say, Hey, I know how you feel. And there's great community created in that space of, 
I really thought I was lost, but then I feel the spirit manifesting itself in a bit of God's creation that has hands and feet and eyes and ears and mouth and a soul, ultimately a soul that was created by God to say, I'm walking with you just like Jesus is walking with you. And I think that's ultimately the, the, the meat and potatoes of the answer, kind of what we were talking about earlier is, oh, Jesus is with you. You got this. You'll be fine. Like, yes, that's what we're saying. It's, 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 it's a good answer on the surface, but then once you actually get down into the, the thick of it and you see these people walking with you that Jesus has sent into your life that are being moved by the Spirit to do what they're doing, to, to speak into your situation, to walk beside you, I think that's Oh, that's one of the most beautiful things you can ever experience in in any walk of life, and especially for us for for us here on on, on this Christian walk, it's it's beautiful. It, it's absolutely beautiful. Yeah. And I'm extremely grateful for all the people that I've been able to have walk alongside me in my in my times of loneliness, and to really see relationship manifest itself in those moments of shared community, not necessarily shared suffering, um, but. Uh, but shared deliverance that's probably a good way to phrase it yeah you know? yeah that's good so man well steven thanks so much for sharing that and thanks for uh yeah just sharing your heart out on this episode man i'm excited for this one and i'm excited for the next two that we're going to do but yeah just to wrap things up here if you are going through something lonely or you're in a lonely season Man, we want to be praying for you, and we want to join you and to know that you're not alone in this. So seriously, reach out to us on Facebook, Instagram. It's Our Instagram's really, really sad. I'll just tell you that right now. But the messaging does work. <laughs> uh, so go ahead. The messaging works. Or, yeah. or if you know us personally, drop us a line there yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. Or, uh, or shoot us an email. So we, we want to be praying for you and with you, and we, we mean that. All of those social media, so just search uh, The Awakened Project on Facebook and Instagram. That's where you find us there. And the email is theawakenedproject.us at gmail.com. That's it. Just in case you don't know where that is. Even though Steven's in Spain, it's okay. Even though I'm in Spain, I can still receive general messaging over here i can receive all that stuff the <laughs> internet is a global phenomenon if you weren't aware of that already oh i i didn't i didn't know dang it how do they get it over the sea that must be a really big telephone line yeah it's one really long cable it goes through the titanic <laughs> and uh yeah then a little bit farther and then it just yeah wow okay all right wow with a little bit of history internet history for you if you didn't know and now you know <laughs> but yeah anyways this is uh this has been an awesome episode and i'm excited for the next two absolutely and uh yeah thanks for joining us so with that my name is blake wright and my name is Stephen wagner and thank you so much for listening to the awakened project podcast and we hope that you tune in in two weeks later